This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Let me just mention, in case you don't know, we have a prayer email. You can send in emails and uh, we're seeing so many answered prayer. It's a great time if you got any dream or prayer need, it's a great time to send it in because we have people that pray each and every day over these, and um, it's just awesome to hear the great reports, what God is doing. So it's a great time to get on this. You can find out all the information at the Connection Desk. Uh, Carmen, why don't you stand up, Carmen? She's in charge of this part, does such a blessing, and we're praying over this uh, during our 21 days, every day, uh, when you come to church, 6.30 to 7.30, we have a leader that's leading, and we're hitting these needs and lifting up our nation. I mean, believe our nation needs prayer. We need to pray and, and believe God. You know, I was, I was praying about our nation, and I was thinking about, you know, uh, the way things have turned, laws changing. And you see how sneaky the enemy is. Uh, he used laws to try and change things. And, and through that, the church, we've never had to be really concerned about the laws of the land. They always lined up with morals and what we believe in the Bible. But very quickly, things changed and... The enemy used laws of the land against what the scriptures say. So, how many know that where the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises up a standard. So we have to be those that pray, intercede, and watch God do his thing. And where there's darkness, the light shines brighter. So we need to really be praying for our nation and uh, it's just exciting to hear all the, the great reports. We've had uh, two or three people that have gone to the doctor um, that have been totally cleared. Said there's nothing there. Uh, did a test thinking cancer was there and there was nothing there. We'll be having those reports. I mean, though, that God's bigger than cancer. We're having people that We've had two people with 21 years of pain each and every day. For every second of every day for 21 years. Totally set free. No pain healed. That's good news. Now if that was you, you'd be shouting. <laughs> Maybe we should rejoice for them and be happy. <laughs> I have a book, in case I don't mention it at the end, Scripture Confessions for Healing, and it's at the Connection Desk, and you can pick this up. It's really a, a great little book to help you just learn and, and keep those confessions going for healing. Uh, it's, a, it's a couple dollars, and you can just pick one up, and it's a, it's a great way. Um, what I did when I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, I took the Word of God, and I confessed that Word three times a day or at least two, tried to get three, and speaking God's word changes things. Speaking the truth. And then, even though the doctor was saying they sent me a certified letter 
which had I known, I would have intercepted it. Ellen gets it, and it basically said, you're going to die without treatment, and we're not responsible. Anyway, it was about 12 years ago, and I want you to know, I'm still here. I'm alive. <laughs> and God's Word works. And if you've been healed, you know what you need? This. Because you need to stay healed. Amen? All right. Let's get in the Word here. Um, how many are excited about the Word of God? Word is powerful. How many got to go to the concert? Uh, Hillsong United. Isn't that awesome? Three of us. <laughs> you missed it. Oh, um, it, it, was, it was an awesome time. Anyway, um, I'm not going to mention that. Just get online. Look at Rob and Lauren's Facebook. You can get all the information. <laughs> about Hillsong United hitting the streets during the weather delay. It was, uh, we got our own little private concert. Some of us, you know, we weren't. We're ambassadors. But you are too. Don't look at me like that. Okay. Maybe we better get in the Word. You've been hearing about healing. How many are starting to see and, and get the understanding that healing is ours? That God is a healer. And God's not lost his power. He didn't change his mind. He didn't put, uh, there's not a revision in God's report in God's Bible. It says, look, in the year 2015, it negates the cross. And all that doesn't pertain anymore. He's an unchangeable God. And if it's in the report, you can put your life on it. You can put your eternity on it. That it is the truth. It is so true that when you put your faith in it, it will change what looks like an untruth. And faith is not feelings. It's not the way things look. Faith is a belief in the unseen God who is bigger than the seen circumstances. It's believing God, trusting Him. Well, Pastor, that's my problem. I don't have faith. Well, are you a believer? Did you get saved? You're a believer. You're called a believer for a reason. You believe. You choose to believe. I know where you can get faith. I know where a generous, unlimited supply is. In His Word. Well, I'll have time for His Word. Oh, you don't have time for life. His word is spirit in life. I'm telling you, you got to make time for life. I want to live the abundant life. The only way you'll do it is you make time for life. Is there another way? No. He is the way. I want abundant life, but I don't have time for God in the word. You don't have time for abundant life. Not going to happen. You could die young. You, you may not be reaching 79 today like Lou Chelly. He's got his target. What's your target age, Lou? 92. Nine, 
92. 92. Then him and Jesus have a little talk. That's what Kenneth Hagin said. He, he said, I'm on 86. He said, then me and Jesus have a little talk. And he decided to go home. It's crazy, his family put him on a respirator and tried to keep him alive, and they couldn't do it. The very day he said he was going, he went. Charles Capps called everyone he knew in the ministry and said, look, I'm ready to go home. He said, what do you mean you're ready to go home? Aren't you at home? Uh, no, I mean heaven. And they said, you've got to be kidding. You're too young for I, I'm ready to go. Made my mind up. They said, when are you going? He told them the date. <laughs> said, such and such time. This is where I'm going. He starts having gatherings. Ministers start coming to his house. He's having a grand time with them. Has all the family in. Spends time with them. Not sick one day. Spends all this time with them. That day comes, and sure enough, he was gone. There's more available in God's Word, then we know. He said you can live to your satisfied. So live to your satisfied. I don't mean like a broken down washing machine. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah, it's broken down washing machine. We've been talking about the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is salvation, it is life, it is everything to those that believe. And the message of the cross is very simple. Jesus took our sickness, he took our disease, he took our lack, he took our poverty, poverty. He took everything that the curse had been placed upon us, or the curse not fulfilling the law. He became the curse. He took the consequences of not fulfilling the law for you and I. Sin opened the door to sickness and disease and every damnable thing that the curse brought into the earth. And Jesus redeemed us and paid the price for it. That means... You don't have to be sick anymore. It means you don't have to be broke anymore. You don't have to be without peace. You don't have to be in bondage. You can be free. Now, we're all on the journey. We're all in process. Anybody here not in process? Lift your hand. We're going to come against that lion spirit. We're all in process. And one person is strong in one area can be weak in another. We're all in this together. So we don't judge anyone. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. We're there for each other. That's where we're a family. We start looking at does God make us sick for His glory? Which is a great question because we hear that a lot. And we need to understand in order to minister and receive healing that God does not make a person sick where he can come and heal you where he receives glory. He doesn't do that. That's what tradition teaches us. 
that God makes you sick for a purpose. He wants to teach you something. Now, you would never make your kids sick to teach them something. You would never send them to the neighbor that has the flu and say, look, go down two doors, they have the flu, go in there and spend some time with them. I want you sick. I want to teach you something. I've learned something from sickness, and that is I don't want to be sick. Well, God doesn't want you sick. He's the greatest parent. You don't want your kids sick. He doesn't want us sick. And especially when he paid the price for us to be well. So we looked at this man that was born blind. Did God pick this man out to be blind where Jesus could come and heal him? No, he didn't. There's natural, we live in the natural world and there's natural things that happen just because there is sin, a curse in the earth. And it said, this man didn't sin or his parents that he was born blind. But Jesus said, in order for God to be glorified, I must do the works of him that sent me. And what were those works? To open the blind eyes. That brings glory to God. When we received from the cross, when we received the benefits, that was purchased and bought for us. When we received from God, He gets glory. And we looked at glory, and one of the definitions of glory is His manifested greatness. We are to display His manifested greatness. There's many uh, definitions for glory. Moses said, I want to see your glory, Lord. And it said that God caused His goodness to pass by. You know, God's goodness is His glory. Goodness. And there, there's many definitions, but we are to display His manifested greatness. That means He gets all the praise. Every time that we worship God and we praise Him, you know what we're doing? We're displaying His manifested greatness. Because He's worth singing about. He's worth praising and worshiping. And every time you can give God glory when you're driving down the road and you just start praising Him. You're giving God glory. You're saying, you're great. And greatly to be praised. Some people think God is glorified when they take the sickness patiently and with contentment live with it. But the truth is, God wants you to receive. He wants you to use faith and receive His provisions. That's what He wants. He wants you to take the provisions that have been provided. But you have to take it. It's a decision that we make to take what He's provided for us. In John chapter 15, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me... You can do nothing. You know, we talk about in Him truths. In Christ, I'm a new creation, a new species of being who never existed before. I'm a brand new spirit. Man, I have this 
brand newness on the inside of me. It's the life of God when I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord. In Christ, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. We say these, but we need to know some of those other truths. In me truths. In me, I can do nothing. In me, I'm a failure. In me, I have no peace. In me, I have no ability. In Christ, I can do all things. He strengthens me. In me, I can't strengthen myself to do all things. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the cross and the price that was paid for us. He said to bear fruit, much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he has cast down as a branch and is withered, and they gathered them and thrown them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, that's speaking of salvation, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now, whose part is this? Our part. Our responsibility is to have his words abide in us. Do you know that we have responsibility? When you look at the gospel, we have a part. We have a responsibility. And our part's to believe and it's our responsibility to renew our minds through the Word of God. He'll not do it for you. I can remember uh, hearing people pray, you know, God, renew my mind. Renew my mind. He won't do it. It'd be great. You know, God, give me a download. <laughs> That's what's going to happen in heaven. You're going to think it and you're going to know the answer in heaven. But down here, you know what we have to do? We have to take responsibility and get in the Word ourselves. We have to do it. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Answered prayer, getting the Word of God in you, and asking what you desire, and it's done for you, brings glory to God. Brings glory to Him. Being a disciple, a, to a, a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ brings glory to Father. It's a manifestation of His greatness when you become a disciple. When you get answered prayers, it brings glory to God. And we're to bear fruit. You're not to be a fruit loop <laughs> You're to bear fruit. There's a lot of fruity Christians, but we're talking about bearing fruit. Never mind. John 17, verse 4. I've glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do, and now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. It's Jesus speaking. He said, I finished the work you've given me. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus was with God the Father before the world. Jesus came to rescue us. And what he did, he glorified the Father. Everything that Jesus did, every work, everything he did, Brought glory to God. That's the way our life is to be. See, the works of Christ are to continue in us 
And those works are to bring glory to Father. Bring glory to God. What kind of works are they? Let's look at the next verse. Uh, 17, look at verse 22. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect and one, that the world may know that you've sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So, he's saying here that this, this glory, Jesus has, has given, that he had, he's given to us. What? To glorify him. We glorify the Son, which glorifies the Father. And it causes two things to happen here. It says that the world may know that you've sent me, or the world will see and know Jesus. And the other thing it says, they will know that I have loved them as you have loved me. It causes the world to see how much God loves us. When we can answer prayer and things are going for us and we have peace and joy, people say, well, God loves them. There's something different about them. And you know what we're doing? We're displaying His greatness. And God's getting glory out of it. The same glory that Jesus had on the earth, we have. How many want to do the works of Christ? Where are those works? Just read about His life. That's what we're to be doing. But it says that He loves us. In other words, it works in us first. It's to be working in our lives. And they see and they know. Displaying God's manifested greatness. In John uh, 11, you could say that every time you influence someone for Jesus, or you, you walk in love, you walk in peace, you're bringing glory to God. Every time that you forgive. Every time that you point someone to the cross. You're bringing glory to God. Sickness is an enemy to God. That's why I want you to say sickness is an enemy. And we've got to get that in us that's an enemy. Not only to God, it's an enemy to us. Anything that Jesus took on the cross. Paid the price for is an enemy. Sickness and disease is an enemy to God. Sin's an enemy to God. John 11, verse 39. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Say the glory of God. We're going to see when God gets glory. Going to see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And now that you always hear me, because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen the things Jesus did believed in him. 
What was the display? When did God get glory? When Lazarus died or when he was raised up? You've been raised up from the dead in Christ. Your life's to bring glory. God gets glorified when we receive from Him. When the works of Christ, when those good things are released in the earth. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the enemy. When we come with liberty against those that are oppressed. When we come with healing against the sickness, disease, oppression. When we come with God's goodness. When we come with God's character. When we come with God's love. When we come with God's supernatural peace into a situation. When we come with that, we're bringing glory to God. And the glory of the Lord can be seen. And experienced. Because you came with it. You're the manifested glory of God. You show His greatness. Through your life. God did not cause this situation. But He used it. See God gets blamed for a lot of things that He did not do. But He uses it. He uses situation. To raise up Lazarus. And look what happened in verse 45. Then many of the Jews had come to Mary, had seen the things Jesus did, believed in Him. When you have the manifested greatness of God on display, people see and experience Jesus. They see their, those blind eyes, they have recovery of sight, and they see Jesus for who He is. He's a healer. He's a redeemer. He's our peace. He's our joy. He's our life. He's our strength. He's our everything. And when your life is displaying that, people believe. People know that you're not the same person you were before. There's a difference in you. All things have become new. Doesn't mean you're not Squirrely sometimes and mess up, but when you do, you say it, I blew it. <laughs> Many believed. In Luke 4, verse 38. Now he arose from the synagogue, entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick for high fever. They made a request of her concerning her. So he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and left. And immediately she arose and served them. What did he do? He displayed the manifested greatness of God or the glory of God. He spoke to the fever. Here's the amazing thing about it. The fever heard him. Fever heard. Do you know sickness can hear your voice? Sickness can hear you. And you can rebuke it. Well, you're to do the same works as Christ. The same glory that was on Him is on you to display the manifested greatness of God. So you can rebuke it. You can come against it. What about lack and poverty? You can come against it. That's what you're to do. What Jesus did. Rebuke it. He rebuked it 
and it left. You remember Jesus spoke to the fig tree? Pastor Rob spoke about the fig tree. Spoke to the fig tree. I don't recommend doing this around family and friends that are unbelievers. Going around, I talked to a tree today. They may want to make a phone call to, to a doctor. It's foolishness to them. They, they don't understand. And don't try and explain spiritual things to an unbeliever. You get your lunch eaten. <laughs> don't. Don't. That's when you're casting pearls. <laughs> a fig tree. Are you kidding me? And it didn't look like anything that fig tree heard to the next day. They saw it was withering and dying. You can speak to things. And so you experience healing. Let me tell you, the enemy's going to come knocking trying to steal what God did. That's what the Word says. He comes to steal. And I don't know when he'll... It, it might take some time. I've had people get healed and it was two days later. Or a year later. But sometimes you have to rebuke and stand and say, oh no, not here. And you got to be aggressive about it and rebuke it and command it to go and it will go. Because it hears you. I can remember years ago, Ellen and I lived in an apartment, Sweetbriar Apartments on Poplar. And we're off of Poplar. There's a Target store in there now. And we're up in our apartment, and there was a, a door out to the balcony, and that thing slammed open. I'll never forget, the door was locked, and it slammed open. The wind was blowing so hard, and I knew that the wind would listen to me. So I go out there on the balcony. Now, this was a really bad storm. I mean, this is one of those, you know, when... You're, you're in there and the door slams like that and it's just something took over. You know, when you think your life is online, you don't care. What you might. I mean, I went straight to the balcony. I took my finger and I said, No! Go! In Jesus' name! And as soon as I said, stillness. Ellen looked at me and said, Jesus had my back. <laughs> Stillness. You know what the next thought came? You're in the eye of the storm. So, oh no, I rebuke that. No. We stayed in the eye from then on the rest of the night. They said on the news the tornado jumped. When it got in our neighborhood, it jumped and went way down and damaged, did a whole bunch of damage. You can speak the things. Now, I don't know what the neighbors thought. I know they heard me. I never heard a thing from them. Probably thought, there was some wild man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All I know is I got results. Maybe you got, need to figure out that that sickness is an enemy and it's waiting for your voice to 
tell it to go and to get out. And you don't do it with your Mickey Mouse. Get out. Please. Leave. You're biting more of it. <laughs> no, just... And you don't have to be real loud. I used to just be real loud all the time. Until I started going hoarse and, you know... And the Lord said, you don't have to be loud. You can do it under your breath. Said, what? And just start, you don't have to. It knows if you believe or not. So we are to speak good things into our, uh, our circumstances, our life. And, but we're to rebuke and come against those hindering things. That's the way the Word tells us to operate. That's faith. So some of you are speaking good things, but you're not coming against those things that are hindering you in the name of Jesus. Come against it. Get down the expressway and just let it go. If you want a good old scream. I have gotten on the expressway, and I just let it rip. People, you know. I had one time I was doing, I, was, I left work, and a guy, the next day he said, I said, Bob, are you all right? So, uh, yeah. He said, didn't you realize somebody was right on your, your tail? And I had to admit to him, I never saw them. Never knew they were there. <laughs> I, was, I was at it. Okay, next thing I want you to notice from that, let me tell you what rebuke means first. It means to judge from a higher place, from a high place, a higher place. You've been seated in Christ Jesus at the highest place, and you're to judge those things that don't line up with the cross and come against it in Jesus' name. That's what we're to do. This could be the very thing that's just holding on to you. It's waiting for you to speak to your mountain or speak to the sickness, speak to the disease. Speak to it. Command it to go in Jesus' name. It's not you doing it. It's not I doing it. It's Jesus. We have been authorized to use His name. Now don't use it against people. <laughs> That can be a problem. God loves people. So we don't use it against people. We're seated in Christ positionally so we can rebuke sickness, disease, sin, poverty. Everything the enemy brings against us. Because it's actually where? Under our feet. That's your position is all these things are under your feet. So you're just judging. That's under my feet. It has no place in my life. And I command it to go in Jesus' name. Healing brings freedom to serve. Notice what happened to Peter's uh, mother-in-law. She got up and served Jesus. Healing is to bring you into your purpose. And in fact, the Word talks about sickness being a captivity. It limits you. And you can't fulfill your purpose, what God has for your life. But when you get free, when you get healed, you can fulfill your purpose and what God has for you. To serve. To serve Him and to serve others. 
Psalms 88 verse 11 says, Can those in the grave declare His unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Where to declare His unfailing love? Faithfulness. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory, I have formed. Yes, I have made him. We were created to display his manifested greatness. You were created to show that you live and serve a great God, and he's your daddy God. He's kin folks. <laughs> created for that. So his faithfulness, his character, his love. Your life is to show the glory of God. So healing's not the end result. Ministry is the end result. So what do you do? You share your testimony. Why do you share your testimony? It brings glory to God. You're demons putting on display the manifested greatness of God. You're bringing glory to His name. And that's what you were created to do. Now, I don't recommend that you share with unbelievers the world, at least at first. You remember when the leper came to Jesus? And Jesus said, tell no man. Tell no man. What was he doing? I don't want you sharing your testimony. No, what it really meant, don't go back to the same crowd. If you go back to the same crowd, they're, they're going to talk you out of it. Now he said, go to the priest first. What did the priests represent? The church. Go to the church first. Believers get encouraged, get strengthened, and then you can share your testimony with unbeliever. That's what Jesus is talking about. He didn't say, I want your testimony shared. He wants it shared. He wants you to declare it. Because it brings glory to Him, and many will believe because of your testimony. Well, Pastor, I was healed 15 years ago. Well, 15 years ago is still a good testimony. A lot of the things that we're talking about here in the Word are over 2,000 years old. So maybe that 15 years isn't so bad. And maybe if you'd share that one from 15 years ago, maybe you'd get one for next week. After God heals you, the enemy's going to come to try and steal it. And you've got to rise up and rebuke that attack. You, you can't be just passive about it. You've got to stand up against it. You've got to serve God. You've got to rise up and be devoted to Him. Spend time with Him. Get in the Word and keep your healing. But fulfill your purpose, what God has for you. You've got to look at sickness as a trespasser on righteous property. God bought you. You belong to Him. You're His property now. And when sickness and disease comes against you, you've got to look at it like it's a trespasser. Now, if you went home after church and there's a group of people in your home, you open the door and they're all there eating your food and, and using their, everything in your house, and they say, we've moved in. You wouldn't go, uh, uh, excuse me, could we talk? I, I think there's a miscommunication. Could we talk a moment? Let's, let's get a meeting of the minds here. Well, what are you doing here? No, you'd say, what are you doing here in my house? Get out! I'm calling 911 now! That's what you do. Well, see, we'll let sickness come in like a trespasser 
on righteous property that God has bought. And we just go, sickness, uh, get out now. We'll put up with it. Don't put up with it. Well, I have come against it, but it's still here. We'll keep coming against it. Well, I'm tired of coming against it. And then get before God and praise Him and worship Him. Get your strength renewed in Him and come against it again. Because it has to go, it has to leave in Jesus' name. Pain has to go in Jesus' name. Sickness has to go in Jesus' name. Arthritis has to go in Jesus' name. Heart condition has to go in Jesus' name. Cancer has to go in Jesus' name. Death sentence has to go in Jesus' name. Life sentence come. Peace and healing come. Speak. The mountain is waiting to hear your voice. Jesus, would you speak to my mountain for me? No, it's your part. That's your part. Said you speak. You having the same spirit of faith now that you believe. Speak! Speak it! I feel like I'm a liar. You're not a liar. You're speaking God's word and it's truth. Everything else is a lie if you want it to be. Because if you'll speak the truth enough, it will supersede and overwhelm the circumstances that are lined. Because the truth is, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes and so are you over 2,000 years ago. In the eyes of God, healing is already yours. Sickness is not your friends. The feet at the cross. Closing here in Joshua 10, verse 24. And so it was when they brought out these those kings to Joshua. Let me just tell you this, this story. Five kings came against Israel. They captured them. And Joshua said, I, I want each of you, took the, the captain and said, I want you to put your foot on the neck of these kings that have been captured. Put your foot on their neck. He said, don't be afraid, just put your foot on their neck. And then it says, Joshua came and he cut their throats. He killed them. They're dead. And then Joshua said, there's five trees. I want you to hang them. Now, what that was in that day and time, that was, we would call it rubbing salt into a wound. When you take a person who is dead... And you hang them anyway. That's just, uh, it's an insult of the greatest degree. Now, when the picture is, when the captains put their foot on the king's neck, they were being a conqueror. But when they put those kings who were already dead up on the tree and hung them. That was being more than a conqueror. Guess which one we are. It's an absolute total insult. You're 
mocking the enemy and rebuking him. (laughs) When you come against him, it's an insult that we would have dominion over him because he's already been defeated by, by Jesus. Jesus is a conqueror, but he turned around, gave us the victory, and says, look, the enemy's dead, we get the hanging. He's dead, but we get the hanging. And we're more than conquerors because of the cross, what God did for us. Hallelujah. To the bow your heads. Their pain in your body, I just want you to lift your hand. There's pain anywhere in your body. I want you to just stand up where you're at. There's pain in your body. Just stand up where you're at. We're going to take authority over this. Pain doesn't have a right in your body. Pain has to go in Jesus' name. Why? Because of the cross. Because the, the price was paid. Now he paid the price. What did you have to do to get to salvation? Nothing. Nothing. It's a, it's a free gift. Healing is a gift. You can't earn it. There's no performance, anything that you can do. It's a free gift. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you didn't do anything. You didn't come with your list. If you came with your list of accomplishments, you haven't got saved yet. God wants to touch your body right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's all pray, family. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing virtue and healing power touching each of these bodies. Lord, you said their bodies, our bodies, are the temple of the Holy Spirit and they belong to you. So we thank you that by those stripes we are healed and made whole. I rebuke the pain. I command it to leave these bodies in the name of Jesus. I command it to leave now in the name of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord of our sin.